This is 680 CJOB. So we are talking beer. We are talking Welcome beer. back, you guys, to the main ingredient. I feel like now it's come full circle because you guys were one of my first guests. I we're started like, like I started this just over a year ago. Awesome. So I feel like we're like friends yeah, now. You come home. Yeah. Huh? Right, kids? <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Only we're talking about beer. Yes. Okay, getting your kids beer. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we doing? Life's good. Great. You just came off vacation? I did. Yeah. Now it's all Flatlanders all the time. That's a tough gig to come back to. You know what? Whew. Beer Fest is coming up. So you're coming off vacation and you're going to a beer festival and they'll build up to it. I love my job. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Oblis, product ambassador for Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. Correct. Hello. Kate Flett, game day, and it's right in front of me, game day <laughs> and events manager for True North Youth Foundation. That is correct. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the festival itself and let's remind everybody what the festival is about first of all let's i get so giddy about the beer that i forget there's actually a purpose to the festival yeah there's a cause behind it so crazy enough we're in our 15th year mm-hmm. um so true north youth foundation it it is a fundraiser for the true north youth foundation um so this year we've uh, with the help of um Manitoba Liquor Marts, we've um, grown the festival even more. Uh, We've got a lot of new things coming up, more beer than ever before. Um, But yeah, at the heart of it, it is um, a fundraiser for the True North Youth Foundation. The funds go towards our three programs that we run, uh, targeting disadvantaged Manitoba youth. So we have Project 11, which is our mental health curriculum. We have Winnipeg Jets Hockey Academy, which gives kids an opportunity to uh, connect with their community through hockey. And then we have a camp that we run year-round. Camp Manitou. God, you guys don't do anything in the community. Like, can you kick it up a notch, please? I know we really need to get our uh, things going. Let's talk about the the craft beer industry in Manitoba. Last year, when we talked, there was maybe three or four. Mm -hmm. This year, there's ten or eleven that are going to be in this festival. So maybe we can talk about why that is, why it's grown so much, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, craft beer industry, the actual beers themselves. Yeah, off the top of my head, I think there's 11 uh, local breweries that are participating this year in Flatlanders, which is a little bit of growth from last year. Yep. And you know what? Probably next year it'll be bigger and better again, both in terms of um, the craft beer representation at the show and also the amount of foot traffic going through the festival. Um, I think Kate can back me up. We expect this year to grow. And part of why that is is because the interest in, in local and craft beer, which usually go hand in hand, is still continuing to grow in our province. So I think it's a little bit of genuine interest in beer, and I think it's a little bit of, um, you know, kind of the collaboration between the locals and each other being supportive and enabling through the Manitoba Brewers Association as well. And it's just a a great time to open a brewery in Manitoba, and there's lots of support behind it, both in terms of industry and public alike. Do you mean the collaboration between brewers themselves? It's They get along really well? Yeah, I can't speak too much to the Manitoba Brewers Association, but it does exist. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the, uh, all the breweries who are members kind of collaborate on different ways that they can, um, you know, grow the industry in Manitoba and support each other while doing it. Right. I just had a conversation with one of the guys from the Nonsuch, mm-hmm. and they're brewing their beer at um, Barnhammer. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of collaborations going on like that. And the guys from One Great City are brewing their beer at uh, Torque Brewing. Right? Yeah. And so, One Great City is very, very, very close to opening as yeah, well, right? Be nearby, a right nearby here. Yep. I asked your question before Kate got here. <laughs> Which is, I looked at the list of vendors, right? Of course, I'm looking at the beers I've tasted and the ones that I haven't and the ones I want to because I'm greedy like that. Um, and I brought up the Canadian Malting 
Barley Technical Centre. They have two beers in this. What is that? <clears throat> okay, so the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre, also called the CMBTC, is actually a small microbrewery and malt house that exists at the corner of Portage and Maine in Winnipeg. Downtown He's, he's Winnipeg. geeking right out. He's about to, like, break it down, right? <clears throat> I will. So there's an important reason why <laughs> this microbrewery exists, and honestly, it should be more well-known because they're involved in a lot of different things in the brewing industry in Canada. Um, everything from seed development to the CMBTC and the reason uh, the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre and why they have beer at the show is they brew there. So they malt barley and they brew beer as a way of ensuring quality control and testing the specs of malt barley produced all across Canada for sale all across the world. So they're bringing a couple beers, um, some great guys and gals from the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre. They also offer uh, malting courses, beer courses. Uh, they're full of knowledge and passion, and they ensure that Canadian barley is represented in the global brewing stage, as well as local, but they sell barley, all or they prep barley to be sold all over the world. Okay, so I'm sure all the craft beer guys have heard of this place. I have not heard of this. Why have I not heard of this? You know what? I'm not really sure. It's because they don't offer beers commercially, and unless you're, you know, um, taking some beer training or you happen to know... Uh, one of the uh, very small crew that works there and, and maybe get to sample some of the beer they make, they dump all the beer they make, right? Their, what? Their goal, I know, blasphemous. I know. That's craziness. <laughs> their goal is to small batch malt and small batch brew barley to guarantee quality for larger shipments that head to breweries all over the world. So when they brew beer, they typically brew uh, one style of beer and then it gets it either meat spec or doesn't and it gets dumped. Um, so what's really don't, interesting? Don't, hang on, don't, don't say that again. Don't say dumped. <laughs> but what, don't say beer and dumped. But what that creates for people attending the Flatliners Beer Festival is a unique opportunity to try beer from a non-commercial brewery, pretty much one of a kind in Canada, that they may never get to try beer from again. I know that's going to be crazy. It's pretty cool. It is. Mm-hmm. So they have two beers going in there. I think two beers. I'm gonna, two beer. I'm going to attack those guys because. If you're not going to get it again, I want to taste it, right? Yeah. And if you are a beer nerd and you're listening, or if you don't know a lot about beer but you want to learn, uh, along with you know the uh, knowledgeable principles behind every booth, these are sorry scientists by day and beer nerds by night. So if you have any questions for them, big or small, you can nerd out with the folks at the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Center booth. I feel like we're going to walk up and there's going to be guys with glasses all nerded out with like Superman t-shirts underneath. Is that correct? I can't speak for what they'll be wearing, <laughs> but visit them. Shout out to my, my friends, Aaron and, and Andrew. They'll be at the booth. Nice. Nice. Um, Kate? Yes. Size-wise, you guys, you said you guys are, the event is growing. Mm-hmm. Last year was pretty huge. Yeah. How can it grow past, how many people attended last year? Uh, we had just under... 5,000 people last year. All right. Yeah. So this year we've uh, we've grown our booths. We have about uh, 16, I believe, more booths. We're at 88 booths. Um, last year we kind of only had half to three quarters of the main concourse open. We're opening up completely. So we'll be uh, full 360 on the uh, 100 level concourse as well as the uh, floor of the bowl as well. Um, so that's been huge. It'll be um, a record, num- record number of booths as well as a record number of products being sampled at the festival. I think you're going to say that each year we talk about this. Let's that it's hope. just going to keep Exactly. That's our growing, goal. Right? That is our goal, especially with the the local boom. It's it's really gained a lot of momentum and has definitely helped Flatliners Beer Festival grow. For sure. Let's talk about the beer that we're 
tasting now. <laughs> yeah, of course, when we taste beer, we want to do it in a socially responsible manner and uh, be objective in our tasting. Um, but what I brought for us to kind of uh, wet our palates and, and learn a little bit about beer, four distinct styles of beer in terms of flavor. So I wanted to represent some local. So we have Fort Gary Dark, classic Manitoba beer, English mild style, malty, and roasted. So when you try this beer, you think dark beer, you think heavy, but it's really not. No, not at all. It's, it's medium bodied and it kind of has notes of, um, you know, toasted almonds, maybe a bit of coffee. Um, also, the newly crowned Bronze Canadian uh, Beer Award winner for the American Red Amber category, Torque Redline IPA. Yes. And uh, again, local product. And this beer was just brought to showcase hoppy, right? So hoppy as a flavor tends to come across as bitter on the palate but almost like fruitier floral in the aroma. And it's it's really popular style. A lot of people like hoppy beer. Uh, it also tends to pair really well with food. Um, I mean, most of, of the beer I brought today will, and I encourage you know, your listeners uh, of the main ingredient to you know have fun, play with their food, play with their beer, uh, come up with different pairings. Mom always told you not to play with your food. <laughs> you're an adult now, though. You can do what you want. You're, you're legal. You're, my you're, mom lives in my house still. Same you're thing. LDA. You're legal drinking age. You can do what you want. Um, and then something cool. I wanted to bring kind of classic local beer, and I wanted to bring kind of trendy styles for you guys to try, too. So we have uh, Waterloo Grapefruit Rattler from Ontario. And, and those of you who've had Rattlers, you know that uh, they're a traditional style of beer from Germany that's half uh, lager beer and half grapefruit juice. And it's delicious, 2.5%, so quite light, nice, refreshing for the summer. And what's really cool about this, flavored beer is a trend, you can actually make beer cocktails with this product. I think my wife, my wife hates beer, but I think she would drink this. It's approachable. It's light. It's fruity. It's not as sweet as you think it's going to be. Um, you know, Kate was mentioning maybe make a beer mosa with it, which is a great idea. It's a breakfast beer. Yeah. Um, breakfast beer. <laughs> lunch to start beer. Best day. Um, but you could do a lot of different things, uh, you know, simply enjoying it. It's light. It's easy to drink. Summer in a summer in a can. Um, but beer cocktails is part of the craft beer culture. We were, we were talking a little bit about before with the locals. And it's something that you're going to see more of in the future. I dig it. So from kind of, you know, reinventing the old into new to uh, very old school, I, I brought a Belgian beer. Um, called Bacchus Oud Brun. I'm sorry, say that again? Bacchus Oud Brun. Bacchus. So it's a brown beer, but what's unique about it is it's actually been barrel-aged for, you know, uh, over a year, up to three years, I believe. And what happens is as it's aging, it's actually interacting with kind of the uh, ambient fauna in the air. And as a result, it actually has a slight distinct tartness to it. This is not as sour as the sour beer that you brought last year. The last year you brought, do you remember? I, I think I, I might have brought a guzz. I can't remember which one. I think one. it had a sour. lady on the bottle. You guys are testing It was me. like a sour uh, cherry yeah. almost. Okay, so it, it would have been a creek beer. would have been a creek beer. Okay. Sour cherry beer. This is a Maybe. this is a bit lighter than that. Like I, this is, I, I like this. Yeah, it's, so. There, not that I hate any beer. <laughs> so sour beer is a big trend and you'll see sour beer at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as big as IPAs, which we were talking about. Flavored beers are taking off too, but sour beer is kind of a craze that you, you see kind of starting in, in the U.S. And, and in Eastern Canada, slowly making its way west. And what's really nice about it, it's a different dimension, right? It's tart, it's light. Um, people who traditionally don't like beer, maybe like kind of that that mild, sour, you know, kind of beginner sour style like the Oud Brun that we're drinking. It's kind of the wine drinker's beer. I dig it. Yeah. I dig this one. And all four of these will be at Flatlanders along with, what, Kate, about 280 
other beer to try. Yeah, just over 280 nice. uh, different products. It's heaven. I know. And not, awesome? and not one of them the same. Yeah. Oh, that's killer. What do you think? What do you think of the Und Brun? I like Brun. it. It's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> not Brun? as heavy as a sourness. Like, it's definitely there, but it's it's nice. It's a little bit lighter mouthfeel. And if people want, uh, they can visit our website, flatlinersbeerfestival.com. Because there are 280 beers, uh, we have all the beers listed. So you you can kind of pick out, you know, I don't think it's possible to try all 280, unfortunately. Come on. I know. Always try. Yeah, that would be a little difficult. But uh, so you can kind of uh, scope out which ones you want to hit up. Um, You know, make sure you get to your go-to beers, the ones that you really want to try. All right. Speaking of which. Let's talk about the strategy and the etiquette of going to this festival, right? Instead of just running in and thinking you're going to try everything. Last year we spoke about a strategy of how you can actually maximize your time while you're there. Yeah, definitely. You want to you want to plan your attack. Um, I don't recommend pre-drinking. There's <laughs> there's plenty of opportunity in three hours to that sounds ridiculous, doesn't to it? get your yes. fill of beer. It does. It happens. Um, if you do that and try and uh, taste every beer, RIP. Um, we want to make sure you come back next year. So make sure you have a plan and, you know, maybe you want to focus on one of the, one of the styles we were just talking about, or maybe, you know, your plan is to hit, um, you know, some of the exciting local breweries, or maybe it's, you want to try, um, some of the new products at the show that you can't try anywhere else, like Surly, or even some of the exclusives from breweries like Lake of Bays, Parallel 49. Um, so you kind of want to have a plan in mind when it comes to etiquette. Um, you know, often it's, it's very similar to the other, um, you know, beverage alcohol festivals, wine festival, whiskey festival, where, um, you go to the booth that you'd like, you'd like to go to, you, you walk up, you, um, you know, chat to the principals behind the booth, um, ask them about their products. If you're interested in education, they can, they can teach you a thing or two and, uh, pick the product you'd like to try and then kind of move to the side. So the next person can keep the line moving yep. and, uh, ha- just make sure you have a great time and make sure that you're, you're safe doing it. If you are there to consume uh, I know Kate will echo this. Just make sure you have a safe ride home. So mm-hmm. from start to finish, just make sure that uh, you're there to have fun, be safe, try what you like, and, and get home safe. Uh, on the site itself, it's awesome. You guys have not only the, the beers listed, but there's links to every beer mm-hmm. that you have on there, which is really cool, right? Hey? Yeah, kind of gives you a, a platform where you can di- dig a little deeper into the beers and uh, get some more information. I think it's going to be my, my bedtime reading tonight. <laughs> Honey, what are you doing today? Never mind, just go to bed. <laughs> Um, how about let's get into the pre-festival events, right? Last year, I think there was one or two. Yeah, there were a couple last year. And now there are four. Yeah. So let's talk about those a little bit. So pre-festival events are pretty unique. Um, brewers actually apply to host these pre-festival events. And then um, as a committee, we approve them and then they kind of take off running. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. And oh, there's, wow. there's always a fundraising component. So bring it back to the True North Foundation. So, um, you know, the heart of the festival and what it's what the purpose is mm-hmm. um but yeah they're on our website there's a list of all the pre-festival events um they are pretty much all the week leading up to uh flatlanders so it's a it's a good way to kind of um get to know the brewers a little bit more intimately they're smaller groups you know if you wanted to take the time to actually learn a little bit more there is that opportunity where you can pick their brain a little bit more um it's it's not such a a crowd festival it's right. a little bit uh yeah more intimate very um, reasonably priced too like i'm looking at this first one at brazen hall mm-hmm. on the 6th 30 bucks yeah like it's yeah, awesome that, yeah that's mantua brewers association one and that's a great one to come and le- meet uh, most of the local brewers we'll yep. uh we'll all be there 
good chance to try some great food across Manitoba too, right? Yep. Um, when Kate mentioned that there's a committee that kind of selects them, it's, it's less in a power hungry you not you way, and it's just so that everything's not on Thursday mm-hmm. type of way. Right. Yeah, I got you. Um, no, I but definitely, there's something for everyone in those pre festival events, variety of prices and and atmospheres. If you want to sit down, kind of dinner, um, you know, maybe you want to uh, go to your favorite spot like uh, Chibo and still be able to support True North Youth Foundation. They're having they're having a menu special. Uh, if you want to meet the locals, uh, you guys were just talking about the uh, event at Brazen Hall, but definitely go to the Flatliners website and, and check them out. For mm-hmm. sure. Kingshead has one too, which is awesome. I'm going to try to go to the mall, but one of them, two of them are on the same night. Well, you can yeah. hit up both. Like <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to be I'm an old man. I'm not night. hitting up both. <laughs> Let me tell you, I go to one and that's one and done. I'm telling you, it's over. Um, how about we talk about some of the seminars that you have at the actual uh, festival itself too, huh? Sure. So during the festival, there's brief educational seminars put on by principals in the industry. Um, there are samples, so don't fear, listeners. Um, it's a short educational um, uh, session, uh, accentuated or, you know, to help with the learning, there are samples, so you're not missing out by being there. Um, this year, there's actually, we grew that too. So there are seven this year. Uh, last year, there was six, and it was new last year. Mm-hmm. So it's something that's back by popular demand. The whole seminar thing was the new. The whole last seminar year. thing was new. And and last year we had it off the ice level in the foundation room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found it a little hard for people to to navigate where the room is. So by opening up the entire concourse this year, we actually opened up room to make these um, seminars more visible, mm-hmm. uh, a little more casual. And they're going to be located between Tim Hortons and uh, Local 204. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just to highlight a couple of things, we've got really great seminars, all seven of them. Um, some opportunities you're really not going to get anywhere else other than the Flatlanders Beer Festival uh, uh, within Manitoba is uh, Bo's All Natural Brewing's coming. Steve Boshane is going to be talking about uh, historical styles of beer not brewed with hops. Um, Tina Wolf from Granville Island is going to be in. Uh, first crack at Surly in Manitoba, we're going to have some of their team down as well. Uh, if you enjoy beer, you enjoy learning, it's a great opportunity. Uh, also a great way to slow down your evening. Uh, and there's a little bit of food involved. Uh, wine, wine, uh, wine. <laughs> <laughs> beer and cheese um, at the Granville Island one. So again, you can go to the Flatlanders uh, Beer Festival website and you should be able to do a little bit of research on there and no matter what session you're coming to, uh, there's a seminar for you. This seriously is like, this is like Christmas for me looking at this <laughs> website. is It's over the top, ridiculously good. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so last year, do you think the setup kind of hindered the flow of of the festival itself, where opening it up now is just kind of for, for the expected traffic that you're going to get. Yeah, I think uh, we had some feedback last year that we were able to kind of uh, take constructively and really uh, modify the the festival. So it's it's great for all the attendees and um, the principals and everyone that is there. Mm-hmm. So uh, having a full three sixty concourse just makes sense, especially with uh, the growth in booths we really needed to expand to a full concourse to actually facilitate all mm-hmm. all the room they're taking. So it's great. We're excited to grow the festival. We're excited. Um, more people are interested in coming to Flatliners Beer Festival and really showing off their uh, their products to the Manitoba public. Right. A lot of times I, I've, I've interviewed a, a ton of the craft brewers that have opened up in the last little bit, and a lot of questions that I get from people are, there's so many now. How many is too many? To me, it seems like, well, we're not even close to that number yet because mm-hmm. we didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we had, you know, a, a few of them, which were, were solid mm-hmm. and making great beer. But if we're talking about how many beer drinkers that we have in Manitoba, 
nowhere near enough. So it just didn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to me. How do you guys how do you guys feel about that? You know, it's a hard question to answer, and I I would agree with you. This is just my personal take that, you know, there is room to grow, and and something that not a lot of people realize is the economic impact a local brewery has on the city of Winnipeg, on the province of Manitoba. Uh, it's actually quite staggering. Last year, I'll plug the seminars one more time. Um, we had a speaker who talked about the impact in BC on everything from tourism to uh, improving areas where breweries were built, traffic, uh, legislation changes. It, there's a there's a larger impact than just opening up a watering hole. And I really admire a lot of the, the guys and girls who open breweries because they've got blood, sweat, and tears in there. Fully, 100%. And, uh, I mean, how much is too much? I don't know. There's over 5,000 in America. Over 5,000 um, craft over breweries. over 5,000 craft breweries in America and still growing. So the craft beer bubble is something that gets talked about a lot. I think we have a long way to go to hit that. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Um, but, I mean, it really – it's interesting because, you know, I'm sure you can um, – talk about the guests that you've had on here, but every single one of the local breweries is doing something different. Mm-hmm. That's part of craft beer, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's small batch and it's their take on a style. There, there's no two local beers that taste alike. And, you know, Nonsuch is doing, um, you know, some Belgian-inspired beer similar to Little Brown Jug. I guarantee you their products aren't going to taste the same, right. right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of room for growth still with, with the local craft breweries, and that's just my opinion. And it's really nice because it offers different variety while also, you know, um, growing the economy in Manitoba. 100%, right? You're going to drink beer anyway, so why not drink beer that was made here and keep mm-hmm. the money here, right? Sure, support local where you can. Yeah, I agree fully. How about we give people some basic information on how they can get tickets? For sure. Well, how they can get tickets for pre-festival events and how they can get tickets for the actual event itself. Yeah, so your best resource, um, in case you don't remember any of this, is head to our website, flatlinersbeerfest.com. So it has a list of everything, but Flatliners is Friday, Saturday, June 9th and June 10th. Uh, We have pre-festival events uh, leading up the week two. Um, Friday is your 7 to 10 p.m. tasting. We also have a VIP event that is attached to that if you're uh, interested in a little bit more of a um, diverse kind of experience. Um, And then Saturday we have a matinee tasting from 1 to 4 p.m. and an evening tasting from 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, tickets are starting at thirty nine ninety five uh, for the matinee, forty four ninety five for the evening tastings, and they're available at uh, Winnipeg Liquor Mart locations and through Ticketmaster. Awesome! Uh, you guys have food trucks there too, right? Yeah, we have five food trucks uh, that'll be there, so serving up the grub. We also have um, musicians that'll be playing on the concourse this year, so that's uh, new for this year to kind of just enhance the festival vibe, um, give people somewhere to kind of sit relax for a little bit, um, have some entertainment as well. Um, one other thing about tickets is uh, new this year. If let's say you want to go to the beer festival with your friends, um, you're not really into beer or, you know, beer's not your thing, or maybe you want to be, you know, the hero of the day. Uh, there is a designated driver ticket. Oh, nice. Which is brand new for this year. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Kate, did you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Again, going on the feedback we had last year, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was a, a need for a safe ride program, basically. So we uh, implemented the DD ticket. So it's a reduced rate. It's $25. So it gives you access to the festival, to the food trucks, the entertainment. Um, obviously, you won't be able to partake in the samples, but definitely enjoy the festival atmosphere, hang out with your friends, and be the hero. <laughs> Give them a safe ride home. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm assuming the DD has to be of legal drinking age still, though, right? Yes. Everyone uh, in attendance still has to be 18 plus. Gotcha. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You guys, thanks for coming by again. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks for having us. This is 680 CJOB. 911.